Storm Bowling Products, the Bowler's Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight podcast is Karen Greigel. Karen is a head coach for the women's team at Monmouth University. Karen, it's Tim Berg and Coach K. Steve Klempkin here. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. All right, Karen. Well, you're the head coach there at Monmouth University. You were named the coach there back in 2010. You started the program I want to get your opinion on something. Last last podcast, we had Paul Wolf. Now, he's starting a project in, in the Kansas City area, and uh, and we asked him how he was going to get that thing started. And so I guess I'd like to ask you how, think back to when you started the program there at Monmouth, what were some of your first steps, and the, and then how did how did that process work for you, and, and, um, and just walk us through that process. Well, I think some of the first steps you need to take are communicating with your administration what the goals are of the program and making sure that those goals uh, that they have for your program align with your goals as a coach. Um, And then, you know, the second part of that or in conjunction with that is is knowing the type of coach you want to be and how you want to run your program and communicating that with your administration as well and making sure that, you know, they're on the same page and they support the vision that you have. Um, I think that's so important when you're starting a new program because you want to make sure that you're all on the same page. Um, so that way, you know, when you hit times of uh, hardship or struggle or, or roadblocks, um, you know how you can go t- uh, to your administration for support. And um, at the same time, they know they can rely on you as a coach to include the vision of the department and of the institution sure. into your programming. And, and how has, how, or maybe if that, ha, has that changed at all with either the goals or uh, what your vision was from when you started uh, over the years and, and maybe even the, the administration as well have, have their opinions or views or what they think the bowling team uh, program uh, vision and goals should be. Uh, well, that's where I've had a very unique and, fortunate and supportive situation. So I've had the same athletic director over the last 10 years um, and have been fortunate enough to, you know, have an athletic director and administration that, you know, I could go to and say, Hey, you know, um, we're here. I want to be here. This is how I want to get there. What are your thoughts? What are your feedback? And I mean, they've been extremely supportive, extremely supportive, you know, and giving me a lot of freedom and Liberty to build the program and the culture that I've, I've wanted to build and, and it's aligned with the culture of the department, um, which is putting the student first and putting the student athlete experience first. Um, and what that means is not just about the athletics, but also about the student's academic goals, career goals, their personal values, um, and creating a sense of family. And I'd say that has been a consistent culture in our department since I started here and something I constantly strive to do in my program, which is looking at the holistic student athlete and helping, helping them become the best version of themselves. So when they leave our program, even if they haven't won a championship or, or even if they haven't been an individual All-American, they can come out and look at their experience and, and have growth from it. 
um, from a holistic standpoint and feel like they came out not just a better athlete, but a better, a better uh, academic, a better person and citizen in society. Mm-hmm. So I think that has just been a real, uh, a, a real benefit and, and a fortunate situation for me having a athletic director and department that really, uh, and really integrates that into their vision for all of their sports and all of their coaches and all of their student athletes. And so being able to kind of mirror that within my program and at a micro level, um, has just allowed me to do some really great things. And anytime I've been able to go to them and say, Hey, I have a donor that wants to give us four lanes on campus. What do you think? They said, let's do it. You know? Um, so I've been very, very lucky, um, in that sense as well, that they've just, you know, I could come to them with some crazy harebrained idea or vision. And the majority of the time they'll say, okay, if you can make it work, go for it. You know? And so I'm very fortunate for that. And coach, as uh, as all the teams are going through these these uh, challenging times regarding COVID nineteen, as you look back on things, how did coaching in the past, and then how did the way you coach and your coaching style, and even that support from the university, how did that all come together and uh, and make things kind of go for you guys as you uh, waded through a lot of the unknowns regarding COVID and bowling and and uh, and things going this year and you guys are back out on the lanes and competing at the high level that you guys are? <laughs> Loaded question. Um, so I think the, the first thing that we learned is just um, gaining perspective and realigning um, our goals in terms of, you know, it, it's about staying healthy mentally and physically and then getting the op- creating the opportunities to play, right? So winning is, is always, when you're a competitive person, winning's always on the brain, right? And, and I think naturally that, that kind of happens, especially once you start competing again. But in the meantime, when you're preparing for those moments, it's, it's making sure you appreciate the little opportunities, the opportunity to just even practice, the opportunity to have a Zoom call, the opportunity to connect with your athletes in any way, shape, or form. And I think just instilling that appreciation and perspective allowed us to take advantage of the opportunities when we were given them and also make sure we were prioritizing our mental and physical health through that journey. And um, we have been extremely fortunate to compete this semester, and there are many programs that have not had that opportunity. So a lot of it is just keeping things in perspective and really taking the time to value each and every opportunity to hit the lanes and each and every opportunity to work together as a team um, and, and grow as a program. So it became more than more than just bowling, right? It's more about focusing on the mental health, the emotional health, the physical health, and also even career goals, you know, taking the time to really help our student-athletes um, know where they want to go, what they want to do, even outside of the sport, and how we can help them achieve all of their goals um, even if some of the athletic goals may not be possible given the circumstances, you know, how can we still help them achieve goals in other areas? So I think that was a sort of a, um, always been part of our focus, but we definitely had to reprioritize some of the focuses and some of the goal setting to make sure that, you know, we could give them the best experience possible. Cause that's always our ultimate goal is to give them the best holistic experience possible. And what do you, what do you think are some of the, 
uh, strategies that would work and, and what are the strategies that you have found would work for the team uh, when you're looking at trying to uh, get, get the, you talk about like the, the mental, uh, staying healthy mentally and in, in the differences between it maybe working with the student athletes one-on-one versus together as a team. I know there's a lot of uh, camaraderie and, and you mentioned earlier in the, your first point about uh, trying to create like a family type of an atmosphere. Is it difficult to, to get those kind of communication lines of communication open or is that how do you do that? Because I think a lot of people know that that's where they want to be, but they have a tough time kind of getting to that spot. Yeah, I mean, that takes time, right? And it takes being a couple things. So it, it takes building trust. Um, it takes being present and available. Um, it takes gratitude. You know, you have to be, mm-hmm. you have to not even have, not just have gratitude yourself, but instill a sense of gratitude. You know, one thing that we started doing is is we kick our practices off with journaling. So it's, you know, they come in and they start getting ready for practice and they have to journal and they have to include, um, we we call it a hashtag feeling, right? Like, what are you feeling in that moment? And is that feeling positive or negative? And if it's negative, how can you reframe it going into your practice? And then writing down a gratitude, you know, what's something you're grateful for? Um, And then finishing out with like, what's your intention for your practice today? Um, whether it be physical, mental, emotional, like what's your goal for practice? Um, and then, you know, building those connections and that family network, like I said, it, it just takes building trust and it takes also patience. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to treat each athlete as an individual because they're not always going to open up to you right away. They're not always going to share every little detail of their life. And sometimes you don't want to know every little detail of their life either. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It's more just about creating that safe space and that trust. So they feel like if they are down in the trenches, they know that they can come to you and you're going to help pull them up no matter what. And that is easier said than done. Like that's, I mean, that's, that's the meat and potatoes of it, right? Like that's, that's the cream of the crop. That's the, that's the ultimate goal. I think as a coach is building those relationships and it is the hardest thing. And the thing that I think, you know, gets overlooked Mm. a lot. Um, We'd like to talk a lot about ball motion and RGs and differentials, cover stocks and lane play strategy and all that fun stuff. But at the end of the day, if, if we can't create a safe environment for them to learn and grow and be vulnerable, then they're never going to achieve their goals and they're never going to reach their fullest potential. So that is, you know, the ultimate goal, but also one of the hardest things to do as a coach and takes a lot of time and commitment and patience. Like it's not something you just are automatically good at it. Um, I think some people have a predisposition to automatically, you know, kind of do that just based on their nature and their personality, but it's, still a a journey like it's not a destination that you're just automatically going to be that coach like you have to constantly keep working and then reframing it because each generation that comes through is different you know this is my 10th year coaching and I can tell you a student athlete from 10 years Mm. ago from five years ago until now they're all different and they all have different needs and different values and different goals and not just as individuals but as you know as a generation and adapting Mm. to that and being patient and willing to adapt is so important and, and one of the things, too, I think that when you're talking about just, you know, building this uh, sense of trust and, and maybe just talk a little bit about the collegiate experience as well, being a student athlete, the one of, one of the f- fortunate things I've had and as we've been running this podcast for several years now that we do hear a lot is that 
just being a student athlete and incorporating maybe the college or collegiate bowling experience makes for a better just overall college experience. And you have a tendency a lot of times to maybe do uh, maybe better in the classroom when you have the other skills and stuff that you learn on the lanes and vice versa. So is that one of the things as well that you, is that, do you believe in that as well? Or has that been your experience? Absolutely. Um, You know, I think that being, a collegiate student athlete is sometimes often underrated. Um, It requires such commitment and discipline and passion. And, and I admire everyone I meet that has some form of collegiate athletic uh, background or experience, because it is one of the most rewarding experiences you could possibly have, but also one of the most challenging. And, Mm -hmm. Just even, I, I'm constantly reminding my student athletes, like, make sure you write on your resume all of the skill sets. And some of them don't even realize the skill sets. And, you know, I had a conversation with a student athlete uh, just not that long ago that was going on an interview for an internship position. And I said, well, make sure you remind them about your time management skills, your ability to adapt um, during times of adversity and stay committed and focused. You know, the, there's so many amazing skill sets that are built and relationships that are built in the student athlete experience that mm-hmm. I think get overlooked and, and even get overlooked even by those that experience it. You know, when I first was applying for jobs, it was ironically one of the first things that an employer would ask me about when I graduated from Vanderbilt was, tell me about your mm. experience as a student athlete. And I never would have thought that that would have been the first thing, but they always wanted to know about it. They were always curious, especially because it was a sport of bowling. And they're like, that's an NCAA sport. Tell me about that. You know, and of course <laughs> it definitely lightens the mood in the interview because it's something you're passionate about. And it's one of the easiest things to talk about. But then as you start to talk about, it, you realize how many great skill sets you learn from that experience. And I think it's, it's truly amazing. Well, I guess my question is: It looks like on your guys' website, you're 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 a single coach, right? You have you have no assistance, you have no one helping you out. Is that an accurate statement? Uh, as of right now, yes, I did have a volunteer assistant um, the last two years, uh, but he has retired and moved down to Florida, okay, and, and well deservingly so. <laughs> so then, my my question so, yes, is: uh, I'm a solo coach right now. <laughs> well, in, in talking to you now for for about 15 minutes, you you sound like a very very detail oriented sort of person. So talk about how that has been for you being a coach by yourself we talked we talked to the, you know assistant coaches and we talked to coaches and and usually there's a staff like you said but how are you able to manage the athletes when it is just um, just yourself there um i call it the water approach so i try my hardest and sometimes i fail miserably but i always try to look like i'm calm on the surface and that my feet are going a million miles a minute underneath so um, that's always the illusion that you try to give, I think, when you're a solo coach. Um, and sometimes I'm successful at it and sometimes I'm not. Um, but I think it, you know, it just requires constantly kind of checking in with yourself and being aware of your mood, especially like around your athletes, because uh, especially female athletes, like they're very receptive to mood, mm-hmm. right? And so I know that's probably been the biggest challenge being a coach because I also run the, the four-lane facility on campus and um, – I teach a PE bowling class um, and then I, I'm a part-time master's student. And so uh, wearing all those hats um, and then I was on the national committee for a few years and shared that. 
Um, I've held leadership roles in our coaches association. So, uh, you know, spinning a lot of plates in the air, but ultimately uh, a duck on the water is always the goal. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm hoping, hoping so with ha- our new president that we will get a graduate assistant position soon. I'm hoping. Um, it's been something that I've been, I think myself and several of the other coaches in my department have been asking for for a long time. So I'm really hoping this new administ- um, administration kind of coming through in, in our university will help us achieve that goal because I think it could be really beneficial for all of our athletic programs. So I am really looking forward to hopefully that opportunity. Well, and we'll look forward to definitely catching up with you again. You know, this is uh, thanks for making some uh, some time for us today and, and getting a little bit of insight into yourself and the Monmouth Bowling Program. And we'll definitely uh, be looking out for you. I know you got a couple – Tournaments coming up here shortly, is that right? You're bowling uh, a couple weekends coming up here in, in March? Uh, yes, yeah, so we are looking, we're hopefully doing a dual match this Sunday. Um, obviously, pending negative COVID tests, we get tested, you know, every week prior to competition. And then our conference championships, the MEAC conference championships, are next weekend in Norfolk, Virginia. So, yep, wrapping things up and hoping to come out with an AQ to the NCAA championship. Awesome. Well, good luck out there, and we look forward to catching up with you again sometime down the road. Thank you so much for the opportunity to speak with you tonight.